0: I'm not pulling out of the driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for another drive to work, Coronavirus Edition. Okay, so for today's interview, I have one of the early magic designers, Mike Elliott. So, Mike, thanks for joining us. Hi, Mark. Hi, Mark's listeners. Uh, <laughs> good to be here. Okay, so, Mike, I'm going to start where I start uh, all my all these interviews is how did you get into magic?
1: Oh, wow, that's an interesting story. Uh, I... Got introduced to magic by one of my friends uh, named Jeff Goldsmith. He's a very avid gamer. I actually still uh, stay in touch with him. I see him every year at the gathering of friends, which is kind of a game convention for game designers. Uh, I started playing bridge back in 1987. And I played with a group of people from college and grad school, and we would kind of travel around to all these events and all around the West coast. And I was at an event in Pasadena, uh, like the end of May, early June of 94. And we were staying at Jeff's house. Uh, And after the events, we would basically, like the events would end around midnight and we would go back and we would basically play games until like two or three in the morning. Get up, play bridge, go back home, play games again, and repeat that for like three or four days. And he would always introduce like all of these weird like core hobby board games uh some of the ones we played were like uh barbu uh a choir had just come out so we would play a lot of acquire uh kind of uh, formula day uh and one night he pulled out like kind of this deck of cards and he's like oh this is a new game called magic and i'm like okay this sounds fun and there were like five of us and he's like it's a multiplayer game and he's like you, everyone starts with seven cards and he's like, and there's there's a bunch of decks in the middle. Like you have a center deck where you can draw like land cards. And then there's one deck of each color where you can draw like white cards or red cards or blue cards <laughs> or black cards. And he's like, so each turn you get to decide like which color card you want to draw. So I'm like, okay, this sounds like fun. So we, we kind of played a game and got like, we had the attacking. And it was kind of like a, a regular multiplayer free-for-all magic game. And at the end, I, I Jeff ended up winning. I came in second. Uh, and I'm like, oh, this is fun. So when I got back to, this was in Pasadena. Uh, when I got back to Phoenix, which is where I was living at the time, I went to a core hobby game store. And I'm like, oh, I want to buy some of these cards. And there were some guys playing there. And I'm, I like started watching it play. And I'm like, wow, that's not anything like the way we played. <laughs> so I like, read the rule book. And I'm like, wow, this is, this is a lot different game. So I learned the actual rules, started playing, uh, and... Basically, kind of abandoned all my bridge friends because I started playing Magic so much, and they started getting pissed at me because I was like now playing in all these Magic tournaments and not
0: uh, playing bridge with them anymore. And oh, okay, so at some point, if I, if I remember your story correctly, uh, someone from Wizards comes to Phoenix, right? Yeah.
1: So uh, one of my friends there was a uh, that I kind of played in the local stores was a guy named Dancer from. Uh, and he had told me that some of his friends were gonna be like showing up from Wizards, uh, but I didn't actually like know who they were, or what, what they're like, who, who they were. He's like, oh, it's like some of my friends from Wizards are gonna be out there. Like, Maybe I'll introduce you. So I was playing a tournament at Arizona State University and these, these guys walk up to me and they're like asking me like, oh, what do you think of the game? And I like start unloading on them about like how oh, every, like, no one plays with creatures, and everything is about balance and fireball and, uh, and control decks and like, just how like balanced everything is. And, and like there's just not a lot of diversity. And they're like, oh, well, we work for the company. Uh, it turns out it was Joel Mick, who was, at the time, the, the head of R&D, and David Lee, who was, at the time, uh, working in legal for, for Wizards of the Coast. They're like, why don't you come on out and interview, and we'll we'll. See. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. I was working at a at a hospital at the time on the night shift. I'm like, yeah, this sounds like like it might be an
0: interesting career move. Okay, so you started in January of 1996, is that right?
1: Yeah, I, I came out in December and found a place, and that's kind of an interesting story too, because the the weekend that came out was the. Uh, Black Friday weekend. Yeah. <laughs> so like I, I I come out and I'm being introduced around and, and they just had a layoff where they'd laid off like a hundred people or so. And Mike Davis, who was a, a head of R&D at the time and, and sadly passed away a few years ago, uh, was introducing me around and everyone's like, you're, you're like a new hire. They just, they just like fired. <laughs> so I, I wasn't like particularly well-received the, 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 the first few days. Uh, I had been working at a hospital and I was under contract. So I came out like as soon as my contract ended uh, and then started working the first day of January in, in nine, 1996.
0: So one of the interesting things, which will tie into the, ne- the next part of our story is, so both you and I, I started in October, you started in January, the following January. Um, you and I were both hired, not as designers, but hired as developers. Uh, right. And you and I used to gripe to each other all the time that we, we wanted to design. That's what we really wanted to do. Um, and so I finally, I, I convinced them to let me do a set because Richard said he'd be on it. And they said I could pick my team. So I, I had you, so this is Tempest we're talking about. Uh, and I you and I talked all the time how we wanted to design. So I, I had you um, join the team because I, I, I had great faith in your design. So let, talk a little bit about, about Tempest. Yeah, so no. The,
1: yeah. that was like one of the... the... That was one of the first, like, teams, like, other than the Weatherlight Saga, that was the first, like, team where I actually got to kind of throw in some stuff that actually got printed. Uh, I have very fond memories of kind of the sessions you and I had where we would kind of sit and bounce ideas back and forth. Uh, You were, were kind of what I called, like, the spigot. Like, you would just throw out, like, idea after idea after idea after idea. And I would, like, just listen to a bunch of these ideas, and it was... It was just really, uh, like, just, like, spurred me on creatively to, like, come up with some of the stuff. I mean, a lot of some kind of my better cards I came up with, like, after listening to some of the stuff you were were proposing. Uh, so working with you on the first team was really fun. And work, certainly working with Charlie and Richard was was great as well.
0: Yeah, what, one of the things that's funny just behind the scenes for people is... So Mike and I, this is our first team, we just poured out so many cards, like, uh, <laughs> like, like, I think for, what was, I think for the next seven years, a card we designed in Tempest Design showed up in one of the sets. Oh, like, I there are mechanics were. that showed up, and cards <laughs> that showed up, and um, so I want to talk a little bit about Astral Ways. Do you want to talk a little bit about Astral Ways?
1: Yeah, sure. That was, so, uh, as I mentioned, I didn't start until January, but they actually, like, offered me the job in, in August. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I had been, prior to working at Wizards, I had been working on like a, a kind of a fan set because I'm like, oh, this is kind of a, a fun game. Like it, w- it would kind of be cool if you could do like some of these things as well. Uh, and so I, I made like a set of about 300 cards and I called it Astral Ways. And the concept of the set was, it was about this, this massive creature that was kind of caught between these two dimensions and the door the door closed while he was like holding the dimensions apart and half of them ended up in one dimension and half ended up in the other. And that's kind of was the inspiration for slivers, which which were kind of evolved from uh the Richards card Plague Rats from from Alpha. Uh I was like well, what if you had Plague Rats but instead of just adding stats, they, they gave everyone other abilities. And so that's kind of where the, the slivers came from. And that was kind of the basis. And then I had, like, other stuff like Gliscids and Shadow and a, a few kind of other things that were kind of based on this whole idea that there were, like, these two dimensions that were, were set apart. If I'm right, wasn't Echo also in that set? No, Echo came later in uh, Urza's Saga. No, but what I mean is... Oh, uh, was it originally? Was it? Yeah, it might have originally been... Uh, there was... There was a number of things that were kind of, uh, kind of half thought out there that we kind of later developed. Uh, there were uh, there were a lot of kind of one off cards that eventually. That's that's kind of one of of the things that uh, I did a lot. I mean, when you have to do like hundreds of cards a set, it's like, oh, I've got this idea. I'm going <laughs> to expand it out to twenty cards. And there were kind of a lot of kind of hidden gems that. I kind of considered one card at the time, but after I kind of got more experience as a designer, I'm like, you know, I could probably do like 20 <laughs> cards out of this.
0: <laughs> yeah, one of the things is always is, how can I make more cards out of this one idea rather than right. one card? <laughs> it's
1: like, oh, I've got a mechanic. <laughs> Let's, uh, blue has a flying version, white has a
0: defensive version, red has an attacking version. Okay, so you you brought up Weatherlight. I just want to explain to the audience real quickly. So what happened is, Tempest was a large set, and Weatherlight was a small set. So Tempest started earlier, um, but obviously you had a lot of success on Tempest, and they asked you to work on Weatherlight. Do you want to talk a little bit about Weatherlight? Because that was your first release set.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, the first set I worked development on was uh, Mirage. Like, I I got there just as... uh, as Alliances was kind of going to to uh to press uh and you and i worked together on the mirage development team and that's kind of what was one
0: of the first uh right when uh, when when just for the audience a little history when mike and i started uh, at the same time william Jockish started and bill rose started and the four of us were the development like we did development for everything because there wasn't like teams like we just so for the first couple of years, we did development and everything. Henry Stern would get uh, hired a year and a half later, and he would then join that team. But early on, it wasn't like there was different development teams. It was just the yeah, four guys right. that did of, Magic it's kind did of it. Funny because
1: like it's like, well, all four of us are new. It's like, who was doing this before?
0: <laughs> well, they all went to do other stuff. They're like, we want to make yeah, new games. They went
1: into management mostly.
0: Yeah, they went to management. Okay, so do, do you want to talk a little bit about Weatherlight? So Weatherlight was your the yeah. uh, first release set.
1: Yeah, so Weatherlight was basically uh, uh, the first kind of uh, one where the whole, uh, like Mirage was kind of one of the story blocks. Like back then the whole idea was kind of like, let's make magic more about story in addition to like, just like, instead of just mechanics and game. So we had kind of a lot of uh, kind of set things, like you have to do these characters. So there was a lot of kind of top-down design, which is, uh, there's kind of two I mean, I'm sure you, you've talked about this many times about <laughs> top-down versus uh, bottom-up for story design versus mechanics. Yeah,
0: I've, I've done a whole podcast on it, so yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, yeah, so for Weatherlight, we were basically just trying to follow, like, come up with interesting twists on things that we'd done previously uh, in the, in the block and kind of make it feel like it was, like, that was, like, one of the first, like, really thematic blocks. Like, you mm-hmm. had kind of uh uh prior to that like most of the sets were kind of just one-offs like you had fallen Empires, was sort of related to ice age but it was all quite different and there wasn't really a lot of thematic ties uh homelands was a one-off uh and like legends Arabian nights all of those were were just one-offs so yeah and it was it was basically i mean it's a small team uh uh, William was on it, and
0: and Dan uh, was on it,
1: right? Dan Savelli yeah. and uh, <laughs> Taywin also. Uh, and it was was uh, so we would get together and to meet. We'd come up with with uh, card ideas, and then eventually we kind of locked the set down, and then it went on to development. Uh, but oh. it okay. was a uh, that was the first kind of magic set where I kind
0: of got to to step
1: in and kind of lead toward the end.
0: Okay, so the first set that you led the whole way through, I mean, the first set you led was Stronghold. You right. led both Stronghold and Exodus, which were the second, second and third sets in the, in the Tempest block. Um, you want to talk a little bit about Stronghold and or Exodus?
1: <laughs> yeah, so Stronghold was, was, was very easy because, as you mentioned, we had just so much stuff from Tempest that like, it basically filled out like, the next two sets without even really doing a whole lot of work. Uh, I just basically said, like, okay, here's here's the 700 cards we didn't use in Tempest. What can I pull out here to make a 165 card set? <laughs> so it was like one of the one of the easiest uh, uh, sets to kind of pull together. Uh, it just had kind of extensions, like, well, here's how we're twisting Slivers. Here's how we're we're twisting Shadow, and you kind of like set out like. Little goals and then just try and make sure there's enough hooks in the set, uh, and that there's just enough interesting cards.
0: Oh, so one of the, once again, I'm just trying to try get the audience up to speed with some behind the scenes stuff. So another thing that happened with Tempest was Mike and I had been hired as developers, but then Tempest happens and it went very well, and then all of a sudden Mike and I were thought of as designers and they let us start designing things. Right, um. and I, and, and it was like it was almost like a switch flipped, and it's
1: like okay, you're designers now. Like, af- after Tempest, it's like, I think I led, like, four sets in a row. You did, you did. And, you, then, <laughs> and, and then you led a set, and then, I, like, it was kind of like we were rotating for a while where each of us would do, like, uh, I do a set, you do a set, I do a set, you do a set. It went on for that, like, for, like, three or four years. Yeah, least.
0: yeah, it did, it did. Um, okay, so you did on Exodus. Okay, then comes a whole new block, Urza oh, Saga. Yeah. <laughs> Urza Saga. So there's a very
1: interesting story on Urza Saga. So Urza Saga had probably like one of the loosest design teams of, of any magic things. Uh, at the time, Watsu was trying to put out three products at the same time. They were trying to put out Urza Saga. They were trying to put out uh, uh, Portal Three Kingdoms. And they were trying to put out Unglued. So Mark, you were, you were in charge of Unglued. Henry was in charge of, of Portal Three Kingdoms. And I was in charge of Urza Saga, so Urza Saga, like you, you provided me with probably like a hundred, hundred and thirty cards for Urza Saga, and I, I kind of folded in the stuff that you provided, that Bill provided, and we had like a few informal meetings, but it wasn't like there was a full, kind of set down, like let's let's do like solid design stuff. It was more like here's some stuff, put this together with what you're doing, and. So the set kind of got uh, not quite hastily put together, but it wasn't. It didn't have kind of the full design method that, that most of the other sets had. So well, it was kind of...
0: <laughs> yeah, also I want to point out to people that, the, so the two main mechanics in the set were Echo and Cycling, both of which were in Tempest design. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, you had made Echo. which I th- Echo, I thought was from... from uh, my memory was it was from Afterways, but maybe... It was your mechanic. I, I don't know where you, you got it from. I always thought it was in Afterways. Maybe that's wrong. Uh, and yeah, then Richard. And
1: there, there were like. Yeah. The, there was the original version of kind of the the cycling stuff in Afterways before Richard did the the version that uh, went to the graveyard. Okay. Like I had three cards in the early one where when you played in there, you could pay R. They were only in red. Mm-hmm. You could pay R and they went to the bottom of the library. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then when. Uh, I was talking to Richard about it, he's like, well, why are you having them go to the bottom of the library? They should go to the graveyard. And I'm like, yeah, that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, that That's a way better version. Uh, uh, and so that's the, that's the version we ended up using. Uh, at the time, I was kind of like super paranoid about Animate Dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was like this whole time frame when everyone's like, well, you can't put stuff in the graveyard because people will just animate it and bring it back. <laughs> and that's going to be a disaster. And then we finally realized, well, like, well, oh, well, you can kind of control that with things like disenchant and, like, mm-hmm. just having a lot of anti-enchantment stuff. But, uh, so those were, those were kind of the two major mechanics. Uh, and uh, the, uh, but as I set, said, like, kind of the interesting thing was how quickly the set came together. I I kind of tell a story like, oh, well, it, it came the, the set went from like not being there to complete in like over a weekend. <laughs>
0: I mean, a, a lot of the cards we'd made we'd made in previous times. I mean, it, it, right, just yeah. so the audience uh, understand, it's it, not like in a weekend we made I, all the cards. And in, in a weekend, you sort of put everything together to to make the set.
1: But the the then it went to like development, and as I said, like the whole company was under a crunch then. So like a lot of the development team was just me and William playtesting while everyone else was working on, like, their individual projects. Yeah. So, a lot of stuff kind of, like, that That was one of the more, like, less developed sets that we put out. and That's an entertainment. <laughs> 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 yeah, so sure, I... Go ahead. <laughs> I'm sure you've told, the, like, the, the story about, like, how Peter called us in and all that.
0: I, I, I just want to say that I, I have told the story of us getting chewed out by Peter, so... Yeah, so So this is a good lead into the next part is so Peter had said to us, if you do this again, if the next set is broken, you're all fired. So let's talk about the next set. Mercadian masks. (laughs) (laughs) So.
1: So we got kind of mixed messages out of out of like Peter's thing. It's like he he called us in. He told us like, oh, like we've got six or seven cards that like people are really unhappy with, like Tolerian Academy and. Windfall and the, like we had a car that was banned the first day. I mean, like that's not, that's never a good sign. Uh, that's that's probably like one of the most broken cards I've done. Uh, so he called us in. He's like, "Oh, like don't don't do this again." And then like everyone's real dejected. And then a few seconds after that, he's like, "But we have even gained these reports that all the stores are selling it really well." <laughs> <laughs> And went on for like five more minutes after chewing us out for for twenty minutes about how how excited he was about sales, and so I walked out and I was talking to Bill and I'm like, well, that was kind of a like little mixed message there at the end. So on Mercadian Mass, we we still try to do, uh, like push things, but we we aired more on the side of caution than we than we do normally on sets. So like we had mechanics like the rebels, uh, but. We weren't able to kind of push some of the stuff, and and so some of the mechanics were a lot weaker, and the set wasn't as well received. Uh, we still had a few kind of broken cards, like Rashad and Port uh, was a was a problem for the environment for a while. I think that was a Mercadian mask, but I'm not positive.
0: Yeah, that was a, a Mercadian mask. That I made I made that card. That was a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, and, uh, uh, but, like, at the end, everyone was kind of, like, pushing, like, oh, can we make this more powerful, more powerful, and, and then everyone's like, well, we don't want to have the same thing happen that happened in Urza Saga, so we, we were kind of forced to dial it back a little bit.
0: Um, okay, so after Mercantial Master, you did Nemesis, which was right. uh, the, the second set, so... That was, that was a fading set. Right, one of the, one of the things we used to do was uh, whoever did the large set often would do the small set right after a large set, that, that right. we did that a lot, so... Um, do you have any nemesis any nemesis stories? Uh, that had fading,
1: which was, was a fairly popular mechanic, uh, mostly because of the green four five. Blastoderm. Uh, <laughs> blastoderm, <Yeah>. yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh that's and uh, there was another one where you could take the that was kind of like a slow icy, I think, or
0: oh, what was that one? Uh, um I remember Blastoderm. But yeah, that was so that was the fading set. Um Okay, so you know, never, I mean, I'm just trying to. I want to get through all your sets before we run out of time. Yeah, um. uh,
1: I, there wasn't <laughs> really anything super remarkable about Nemesis. It was just kind of a, a small set with, with like one. We tried to do kind of an anchor mechanic in every mm-hmm. set at the time, uh, and that was that was the mechanic for that one.
0: Yeah, interesting. Early on, we used to do two mechanics at, in the first set, and then just, we would do those mechanics throughout the block, but then as we advanced, we started wanting to introduce a new mechanic for each set, and we started doing right. new mechanics. That would change. It was all about, uh, which was <laughs> one
1: of your big things you were pushing, was, like, every set should
0: have some sort of easy hook that you can kind of point to and say, yep. this is what's going to sell the set. Okay, so after Nemesis's, uh, you worked 5th edition, which I think is the only course that you, you, you led. Do you have any memories of 5th edition? Just the rules. I mean, I, I that was
1: really painful sitting through like hours and hours of rules meetings on on what what the rules changes were going to be and all of that the the set itself wasn't like it was just kind of picking like which cards from older older sets you're going to put in here but like having the the rules meetings with beth and and tom
0: and was just like uh Painful. <laughs> okay, so ne- it's, it's not one of the areas I enjoy. Next up is actually a uh, uh, interesting product. So Vanguard, um, you led Vanguard. So explain to people what Vanguard is.
1: So Vanguard was the big oversized cards where you put them in front of yourself, and you have kind of a special power that you play when you're when you're playing during the game. Uh, we originally did eight, and then there was, there was the first set was eight of them, and then there was a second later set of eight of them. Uh, but we had done, like, all of the designs for them in the original
0: uh, things, and we just said, like, well, here's the other ones we can do kind of later. We actually did a third and fourth one, by the way, as well. Oh, okay. Um, but, yeah, I think Vanguard was, I mean, uh, I think you're the one that came up with Vanguard. I I, I was in charge of making it Weatherlight Saga. Remember that? <laughs> um, we decided would be all the characters of Weatherlight Saga, and I had done that. So, I, I, like, who's going to be Gerard? Who's going to be, but... Uh, <laughs>
1: I, I think yeah, that, it was yeah. a, it, it was an idea that uh, I I've been pushing around I mean other people were, were had been kind of discussing it as well uh, so I can't can't take like full credit for that one but it was uh, it was uh, the idea that like oh what would happen if you had kind of this static power uh, that, that only you had and your opponents didn't the, the biggest problem was that some of them were much more powerful than others and it was really hard to balance those.
0: Yeah, they were. But the thing that's important, I just want to stress here. Is one thing is, you you were. The idea of magic has many different ways to play. You know, like the Vanguard's a very early version of what we now call supplemental sets, where hey, you can play Magic in this way. And and uh, you know, you were one of the people that was very pushing for hey, we, look, there's lots of fun ways to play. We really should push different ways to play Magic. And uh,
1: yeah, that uh, part of that actually ties in with like one of one of the non Magic designs that that I. I did. Uh, when I used to play back in Phoenix, we, we would play booster drafts. Like where we would basically each take a couple of boosters, we'd shuffle them up, and we'd play a game. And there wasn't any land in the boosters. So we would play... When you had a card, you could either play it as a land of that color, or you could play it as the, the card itself. And so that's how we kind of got around the fact that, like, there wasn't any land in these early boosters. It's yeah. like, oh, you've got like a... a a six cost thing that you're never gonna play, you put that down, that's your mountain. And now now you can use that to cast your goblins. And uh, I later used that as kind of a, a basis for a trading card game I did called Duel Masters. Uh that was that was kind of like, hey this would make a great like this this magic rare would make a great like actual game if you like and
0: Yeah the real you know, the real the real quick behind the scenes is um we poke we had magic uh, wizards had been selling pokemon uh and then we stopped because they got their own company um but we wanted to make a game for the japanese market that's the Duel masters right um and and it went on it's it, it still still played today in japan it, uh yeah we, no it's a, that's, uh
1: that's it yeah like uh that after uh i mean the after i left wizards i basically kept working on trading card games i've done like mm-hmm. 20 trading card games now Uh, the most successful ones are are dual masters and battle spirits, yeah. Uh, but I've done like it, that's kind of been my my bread and butter for many, many years, even as a freelancer,
0: yeah. Me too, just I stuck to one game, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, okay. So after fifth edition was plane shift, so you, Bill, and I were the invasion team, right? Um, we did the initial work at my dad's house in Tahoe.
1: Yeah, um, that was really fun uh, <laughs> going to Gene's place. Uh, that that was, like, one of my other really fond memories was hanging out uh, and kind of living together. Like, it's...
0: Yeah, well, we, we would, like, design for a couple of days and go skiing for a day, and then we designed design some more. Um... Right. And, we, and it was only for a few days, so we didn't get kind of the
1: roommates hate each other's stuff.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Plane, sh- plane Shift was the middle set, right? Um, right. Do you have any, any plane shift stories? Uh, not that I can remember after 20 years. <laughs> okay, okay, we'll move on. <laughs> um, next up, okay, in the ne- next block was Onslaught. So you did both Onslaught and Legions, because once again, often we do the first and second set we've um, done by the same person. Uh, right. Do you have any Onslaught was, or Legion stories? Legions yeah, was, was the all-creature set.
1: That was one where we were specifically given a goal of let's do a uh, creature
0: set. Like, right, Legions was all-creatures.
1: Right, so, so we did a lot of stuff where you have creatures with comes into play effects, so that we kind of simulate the <laughs> the spells without actually having spells. So there's all kinds of 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 things in the set where it's like you play this and you get this happens.
0: Right, and, or or we had static abilities, and I mean, th- right. there's a lot of way to make creatures kind of like other card types. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that was kind of a, a interesting like design parameter because it, it was the decision going in was making an all-creature set. And so we kind of had to live under those parameters.
0: Yeah, Uh, so for a long time, Legion was the best-selling small set. I mean, it's since passed. But for for many, many years, for like 10 years, it was the best-selling small set. And uh, um, it was one of the... Interestingly, behind the scenes, once again, it was one of the things that kind of showed us that there was a very big, what we called the Invisibles at the time, but like this casual crowd that really enjoyed... You know they weren't necessarily tournament players, but enjoyed casual play and right. legions. They were
1: really having into tribal decks. Yeah, and really so legions
0: really yeah. showed yeah. us that yeah. that group for the first time. Okay, so next is Betrayers of Kamigawa, which was the middle set in um, the Champions of Kamigawa block. What, you, what is your memory of that?
1: Uh, so that was a was one where we were kind of trying to do a ja- like an Asian theme on the set. Mm-hmm. So we had things like the ninja mechanic and. Uh, where... Nin- ninjitsu was a ninja mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, again, it was kind of like a, a small set building on a previous set, so we didn't do like a whole lot of kind of new innovative stuff. It was just kind of like we did bushido
0: and some of these other things in the first set, and we kind of expanded them out and like. Yeah, I think ninjas were the thing, like... right? That that was the thing the set had. We didn't put ninjas in the first set, and the ninjas showed up in the second set.
1: Right. We we saved ninjas for mm-hmm. the, for. Betrayers, so that they, that we'd have a hook in the second set,
0: and they they went across pretty well. Okay, the last the last magic set you led is Guild Pact, which was the second set in the uh, Ravna- Ravnica block.
1: What's right. your memory
0: uh, of Guild Pack?
1: So that one there were there were ten guilds, and they were broken up 4-3-3. Yeah, and we had the middle three, so we had to we basically did a mechanic for each of the three uh, guilds and. Then all the cards in the in the each of the guilds was kind of themed around those particular mechanics, and it was almost like we were making three theme decks, (laughs) and then building throwing some some extra cards in around those those decks. Uh, So it was kind of an interesting way to build a set, Uh, but it it was a it was a fun one to work on.
0: Yeah, no, it is. Ravnica has gone on. I mean, just I assume you keep up with Magic, but Ravnica has gone on to be. uh, one of our most popular—I mean, if not the most popular—setting we've done. So uh, uh, the the audience loves Ravnica. So no,
1: I know you, you've gone back several times. Uh, that's so when you when you do something for 25 years, you have to keep, yeah. keep going back to the well a lot of times.
0: Um, okay, so that's all the set. Is there any? I mean, I, I'm I, I'm almost to my desk here, but is there any anything else from your time at Wizards? That I didn't hit any other memories you want to touch upon before we wrap up. Uh, it was just interesting, like, seeing the company
1: kind of develop it all about from kind of like a garage band to a, uh, like, a major touring company. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was kind of fun being there during those years. Uh, I mean, we had a lot of days where we'd come in at, at, at 9, and we wouldn't go home until, like, one thirty or 2 in the morning. Yeah. And we'd, we'd kind of take a few breaks for, like, dinner. And uh, it was it was a really fun, like, experience, uh, uh i i still keep in touch with a lot of people from even though i haven't haven't been at the company for fifteen years uh its it's still like i still have very fond memories of of my time there and and uh it kind of made me who I am today so like i can't really uh can't really have any complaints
0: and then one of the things i want to stress is just for people who are i i like to think of myself as a magic historian uh Mike, you you contributed so much. There's so much stuff that's just a a part of what magic is that you really contributed. And like I said, we we hit upon some of them, stuff like slivers and the stuff that, you know, but um, a lot of early magic, so much of what we built upon was a lot of the work that you did. And like, when you go back and look at these early sets and watch a lot of the evolution, a lot of that was was due to you. So I... um, The reason I wanted to have you on is, you know, you were a very, very big part of early magic, uh, you know, early and middle magic. Um, And so I just... I, I'm trying the best I can in the interviews to pull all these different people in and I'm interviewing lots and lots of people from all across the thing. But, um, I, I believe you still hold I mean, you're, I believe you are number two in most design sets led, uh, which is impressive. 15 years <laughs> later. That's <laughs> impressive. Well, I, I'm number one. I, I got you beat by a bit, but, uh, <laughs> oh,
1: those, those fighting words.
0: <laughs> so you were number one for a while, but I did manage to pass you. So, <laughs> um, but like I said it, it's I, I, one reason I want to bring you on is you you were super influential and I I if you play magic and there's things you enjoy in magic that Mike has his fingerprints on a lot of that so I, I, I hopefully I just a lot of the audience might not know you just because you, you know 15 years ago for a lot of them was a long time ago some of them not so long but for a lot of players okay. so anyway I'm, I'm glad to have you on
1: oh thanks yeah I think uh, probably the, I mean the ones that seem to be most popular like slivers and madness uh, are probably like the two that were most, uh, and Madness wasn't even my set. That was just like a, kind of a magic uh, mechanic I threw into, to Torment.
0: And by the way, I was, I was unaware of this till this meeting. I, I always thought of cycling more as being a Richard thing, but that you had your hand in cycling and that, that we've used that mechanic more than I mean, as far as not an evergreen mechanic, we brought that back, you know, five times so far, whatever. So, um.
1: Yeah, that was the, uh, but the, uh, as I said, it's kind of like, like crafted my life. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure it's crafted your life much better, but <laughs> like I would I wouldn't be the designer I am today if it hadn't been for working with Richard Garfield, Bill Rose, and you. I mean, I learned from you, I kind of learned like how to just throw out a bunch of ideas and see like even if some of them seem like really crazy, it's like one of these crazy ones might actually be something that that uh that is something that you could make a game out of. <laughs>
0: yeah, and also sometimes uh, the, I mean, the actually, less let, crazy let,
1: version let, works. <laughs> let me last tell, I want to tell one of my favorite kind of design stories that goes back all the way to Mirage. Okay. Uh, so during Mirage, they had this idea that like we should put in kind of like a marquee card. Uh, and you and I like immediately glommed on this. We we're like, well, what can we come up with that's a, a marquee card? So you and I had probably like several like hour long kind of jam sessions where we went back and forth on uh, like, well, what can we do for this and this And on one of them we were kind of sitting over by Karn's desk and we were throwing ideas back and forth, and we had this idea, well, what about if you had something where you kind of messed with your opponent a lot and you pitched like this this idea of like, well, what if you just took over your opponent like you just took over their hand and and took took over. <laughs> Took over like what what they were doing and and like you just played their hand for them. How cool would that be? And like, well, I don't think you could do something like that. What if you like maybe like stole one, one of their cards and you could play like one of their cards? And and you're like, well, that's not nearly as exciting. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but well, we might might be able to like like do that one with the rules. So the funny thing was that one ended up kind of morphing into Grinning Totem. Yeah, But the other card, I think you ended up doing, like, 15 years later.
0: Yeah, Mindslaver yeah. in Mirrodin. <laughs> yeah.
1: But I, I don't know if a lot of people realize that, like, Mindslaver was actually designed way back in, during Mirage. <laughs>
0: like, yeah, yeah, it, it's, I have a history of trying things, to, that, 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 I mean, told, you can't do that, and then I wait, and like, 10, 15 yeah. years later, go how how about this card? I go, yeah, sure, sounds good.
1: But that, but that was kind of one of the funny things, is because it was just, like, going back and forth, like, uh, Just like some of the ideas we were throwing out were just like so crazy, and then yet later on, some of these actually ended up getting published.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, Mike, it was great talking with you. But I can see talking
1: with you again too, Mark.
0: I can see I'm I'm at my desk, so we all know what that means. This is the end of my drive to work, so instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. But I want to thank you for being here, Mike. This was great. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on. And guys, so Mike, thank you much for being here. And to all the rest of you, I will see you next time. Bye-bye.